Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, I 
of such a shame. You have to because he was an interview with him a few months ago where, where he was talking about coming back to Merseyside and he was going to live his days out supporting Everton, basically. You know, it just shows you. Well, he was still working, wasn't he, Mark? I think he was at yeah. MK Dons, was it? As That's a scout. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 58's no age, isn't it, really? And, you no. know, to, to go so, so young, it seems to be. I don't know if it's just this season or in recent months, we seem to be losing more and more big names yeah. associated with Everton, obviously Philip Carter being another. Yeah. Yeah. But in the world of football as well, it's, it's sad really, one generation is sort of losing them. But yeah. Andy King was, was still quite relatively young and he made nearly 250 appearances for Everton and he scored nearly 70 goals, I think it was 67 goals from yeah. midfield as you say. And I think... Um, it spoke volumes about him, Mark, the, the, the crowds that gathered for his funeral at St Luke's last day. It was absolutely marvellous, wasn't it? It was, uh, you know, a player who hasn't played for Everton for a long time, now for, you know, 30-odd years or so, but he's still so fondly remembered. You know, he was an Everton player, and he came from, from what my uncle told me and from what, you know, my granddad and everyone told me as well. Um, it was a real shame that, that uh, he, sort of, um, he passed away, uh, you know, so suddenly as well, wasn't it? I mean, you know, it was, it was I mean, well, well known for his goal against Liverpool. That always get, you know, I always think it's a shame that he got remembered just for that. But that was his one standout moment. To, getting asked to get off the pitch as well. Yeah, by that busy. Well, that's probably <laughs> more for he was than the goal. But what a hit that was! Uh, past Ray Clements, you know, top corner. Real, real great memories. And I think yeah. his name will always be synonymous with every football club. And uh, absolutely, obviously, we. Thought we'd mention that at the start. It's, uh, it's not the best way to start our show, but uh, we need to no. definitely pay our respects to a real true blue in Andy King. Absolutely, thought to go out with his family and his friends as well. Anyway, some matters on the pitch, Mark, and um, it wasn't the best start for the 2014-15 season. No. What I mean, there was a buzz about the place, um, but I think our preparation come under the spotlight, didn't it? With Roberto going out to the World Cup doing a bit of punditry. Um, yeah. The preparation for our pre-season, the spotlight has been a sort of turned on that over the course of the season as to we were a bit, maybe caught a bit short. I agree. I think to a fair, to, to, from where I was standing, it was complete complacency in setting. Because, you know, we saw Roberto bubbling off and everyone was buzzing with Everton at that time. Where they, you know, we thought we were on the, the verge of another great season. Um, to me, he went off to Brazil with not so much as a pre-season planned. I thought it was... Uh, Incredibly, for a guy who's, who's sort of so prepared and so thorough in his work, you know, that we've seen eight hours of sleep, strict and everything, I thought it was incredibly lax to go away to Brazil without, you know, we, we saw, we had to the season under cover as a result, didn't we? Was it a bit, um, a bit complacent then on his part? Because, I mean, he hit the ground running when he first came in, Roberto, we all know about his first season in charge, yeah. how fantastic it was, the feel good factor was there throughout the summer. Obviously, we made signings that increased that feel-good factor, but yeah. I think we maybe were a bit caught short. We, we looked a bit unfit towards the start of the season, and um, although we did make impressive signings in, in the window, um, yeah. we were a bit slow getting on. I mean, we, to be fair, we got we got off to a slow start in Roberto's first season. Yeah, did we, we did. In his first season, and we, we eventually came good. But um, as we all know, this season didn't turn out to be a, such a success. But to the transfers in the summer market, um, we signed Barry on a, on a, a permanent deal, given yeah. a three-year contract, which maybe raised a few eyebrows. Lukaku yeah. came in, obviously we signed him for a reported £28 million, whereas I don't know how much of that actually went to Chelsea <laughs> up front. But Samuel Eto'o came. Uh, yeah. We also signed Christian Atsu, Brendan Galloway, Mo Bezic as well. He had an impressive World Cup, if you think back. He did. Uh, it seems like a lifetime ago, doesn't it, really? But, um, 
it a year ago that, that he was doing the, his displays against Brazil, I think it was Brazil, wasn't it, that he uh, stood out? Was it? And Messi as well, yeah, remember yeah. Messi? Oh, yeah, Argentina, sorry, yeah, not Brazil, yeah. But Eto, I think Eto, I mean, Lukaku was a statement in itself, but Eto signing forever was just, was incredible in itself, wasn't it? We all know how short-lived it was, but it was amazing to see him, wasn't it, in the Royal Blue Shirt. Do you know what, it was... It seems a lifetime ago, Eto playing forever. Right, it doesn't feel like last season at all. When when it was first um, sort of mooted that we were signing him, I, I openly didn't want him to sign. I thought I'd sooner we signed a hungry, young, you know, talented, you know, player rather than Eto, who's past it. But then, to be honest, I'll be honest, Stout Fickle, when I see him in an Everton shirt, to, to see a world star like that sign for Everton, I was, you know, I was, you know, completely well, just starstruck. For the, just for I the thought height. this could be great. Just for the height, yeah. Caused, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. It was, it was almost surreal, wasn't it? We're not used to the, such big names. I mean, no. we had a few big names during Walter Smith's days, the likes of Ginola and Gazza coming <laughs> to the club. Um, maybe Mark Hughes, maybe yeah, obviously past the sell-by dates by then. But yeah. um, this, uh, Maybe you could say the same about Eto, but I think, I mean, he's obviously still playing now at the top level in, over in Italy, but um, it, was, it was a real surprise, but it was a real coup, I thought. So, something that could yeah. complement to what we already have, but obviously... It just didn't work out, did it? Things didn't work out, which we'll, we'll, we'll come to a bit later on. But yeah. that was the summer. Definitely a feel-good factor, Mark. Yeah. Definitely a buzz about the place. Signing players. We didn't really get rid of anyone. A few a few youngsters or yeah. maybe uh, fringe players, the likes of Maggie Guy, Matty Kennedy, Belios. Yeah. Those who were sort of never, never were going to make it. Um, so there was definitely a buzz going into the new season. But we obviously going to the month of August. Yeah. We started away at Leicester. Then we hosted Arsenal and Chelsea in successive home games um, before the bank holiday. Mark, take me back to that Leicester game again. Feels like a lifetime ago. Um, Aidan McGeady, probably his finest moments of the season, wasn't it, in his first game? He scored a, a terrific goal, if you remember. He, he stuck it in the top corner. And to be fair, that day he played some match with really fantastic football, particularly in the, in the first half. But, you know, he just, it was ridiculous the way he sat back in that second half. We just completely asked for, for Leicester to, to get an equaliser there, didn't they? But Everton played some stuff that, you know, half back to last season, they thought we were just picking up where we left off here. It was fantastic. Um, and, you know, just what Chris Wood scored. And I think the, the rock set in right from that moment, to be honest with you, on our season. Yeah. Exactly. I think um, I remember watching that game in the croch and I remember yeah. being so annoyed because of the, the late uh, the late equaliser. Because we did take the lead twice in that game and Naismith got the second ball. And maybe that sort of set the tone for the season. Um, yeah. And as you say, McGeady scored the world and he didn't do much else, to be honest, for the next nine months. So, anyway, <laughs> on, on to our, I'm saying we're not going to go through the games individually, but it's going to be hard not to, but we'll try and run through them in blocks, really. So, the yeah. Arsenal and Chelsea game was back. Um, Arsenal, probably our finest 45 minutes of the season. Again, straight back to last season when we completely outmaneuvered Arsenal. I've got to it was the same again. That's it. I've got to surprise us that played some fantastic football, looking a million dollars. But again, it was the lack of fitness that the, sort of put paint to us that that day. Again, I think we were defending that far back. We were in the park stands at one moment. We were not defending, but it was... The defence was having a chat, weren't they? Yeah? I think any, the concourse. Absolutely, yeah. I think they were, you know, pie at a time, but it was uh, one of them where, you know, had we been halfway fit to start the season, we could have saw that game there. out. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, instead of two. And then Arsenal obviously fought back. The following week, Mark, um, another, I think it was when probably Diego Costa announced his name on the, in the Premier League, wasn't yeah. it? 6-3, we all, we all remember that one. We got beat by Chelsea. Obviously, Chelsea went on to win the title, so it maybe doesn't feel as bad, but yeah. um, 
you know, Morales scored. Eto got off, got off the mark that day too, but they were just too good. Chelsea were far too good. We, we were far too well. The defensive rot set in from the previous two games, but also, you know, I had even sat down and we were all down in that game. I think uh, Ivanovic scored after like 50 seconds or something well, like that. It was that. 2 0, wasn't it, after five minutes? Five minutes, yeah. yeah. But, but to be honest, it was another game like where I left, we got, got spanked 6-3, but it was a game where I felt, hang on a minute, we had something else going forward here, we looked, uh, we looked great again going forward, didn't we, we could hear Chelsea. So basically you're saying we've got Tim Howard in goal, but we can score. Yeah, I was basically thinking, if we just tighten up defensively, it's still there for us here. Yeah, yeah. I remember still being positive at the end of that game. Yeah. You know, um, but we're still early days in the season, to be yeah. honest, Mark. You know, we're drawn at the opening two games, and you know, losing to Chelsea 6-3. But they were they were obviously classed the likes of the, the Manu Matic, uh, John Terry, yeah. Ivanovic. We've seen Diego Costa what he's gone on to do this season. Absolutely, you know, no Fabregas. Players that can really hit, you know, you know, assists, goals. They've got goals yeah. right across the team, Chelsea, and that's where Mourinho's been successful. But yeah, following on from that, Mark, we uh, we entered the month of September. Yeah. Now we played West Brom away, Wolfsburg at home, and Crystal Palace at home. Yeah. In, in probably the space of just over a week. Um, the West Brom game, Lukaku scored, Morales scored, that was our first win of the season. Um, Lukaku obviously scored against his former side. Yeah. Good win. Great win. Uh, if I remember, Morales scored as well that day, and um, we looked like much better, much tighter defensively. We looked like, you know, we were ready to, like, it sort of added to the belief after the Chelsea game that, you know, we, we only had to get it half right defensively for me. We had more than enough quality going forward. And, uh, you know, that was a rare moment of optimism when we won that game. So I thought, this is the springboard now for, for the rest of the season. And Wolfsburg at home confirmed that. Although, you know, if you remember that Wolfsburg game, um, the poor one <laughs> was the most flattering result you'll ever see. I think it should have been about 15-6 to Wolfsburg. That might be absolutely destroyed in the second half. Well, I think the opening three games, Mark, we, we conceded the 10 goals. So to keep a clean sheet was a, was another plus as well. Obviously yeah. Lukaku against uh, West Brom, he didn't celebrate. I remember that. Yeah. And then uh, I think it was a Sunday that game. The following Thursday we played um, Wolfsburg, as you just mentioned, Mark. And you know it was a great result. And to see what Wolfsburg have gone on to this season, to yeah. we actually went on to beat them home and away is was some achievement really. But it probably probably proved what our, our confidence in Europe didn't it? That as you say, we probably with the yeah. with the worst side on the night. Yeah, you know, to come away four one in emphatic style was was great, wasn't it? It gave us that belief that we can we can hear teams in Europe, didn't it? You know, like yeah. you say, it shouldn't have been a four one win for us really. If Wolfsburg had took half their chances, so it gave us that firm belief that, that we can hear anybody in Europe. Wolfsburg are an excellent team and are an excellent team. Sure. Right? You know, so yeah. Well, I'm, I'm I'm just looking here, Mark. We're going to end up doing these games individually. You know, we're not going to get away from it. You can't ignore it, can you? We'll try and no. get through it as quick as possible anyway before anyone switches off and goes to sleep. But, um, Crystal Palace, Denmark, we, they've got some sort of voodoo hold over us, haven't they, by beating us three skates? It's 2-3 voodoo as well. Yeah. It's, a, it's a specific voodoo they've got over us. Yeah. That, that was a, another Sunday game. Lukaku and Bain scored on that particular afternoon, but they came away with all three points. And the likes of Balas and Torres, another one, didn't he, again? He's just world-class Balas. No, he's not world-class, sorry, it's overstretching it. But Balas, he just knows how to play. We make him look world-class. We make him look world-class. He's a player that would dearly love a good as a player, to be honest with you. I think he'd uh, make the world a difference to our team, but like you say, Palace just had... I think they've got the measure of Martinez more than everything. They just know how to play against them, don't they? You know, they've had numerous successes against us. Warnock, Pulis... Yeah, just, done it, it, just had no problem with it. Yeah. But again, it was a game where it, it cemented just how disappointing the season we were going to have, didn't it? You know, yeah. 
we had a rough start. That was a game where we really needed to kick on. We had two good results. That was a, a winnable game. Yeah. To, to lose in that manner. You know, again, well, that was a real chance to kick on from the, the West Brom and Wolfsburg yeah. uh, victories, wasn't it? But obviously, looking back, it was a, it was a missed opportunity. Uh, following on from that to the end of September, Mark, we faced Swansea away in the League Cup and uh, Liverpool away in the league. Um, two very, very different games. Um, yeah. But let's start with the Swansea game. Disappointing again to go out to the League Cup. Wasn't it? We went out first, first of all, it's like we didn't even try it. It was a game where they reminded me of when we played Tottenham away under Moyes, where it was so clear that we were going to get beat in the League Cup. I just don't know, you know what it is in the mindset of the players. Like you say, we've got 20 years without a trophy. Do you think that. Was it the mindset of the manager though? Possibly, yeah. I, I agree. They can try and, you know, obviously filter down onto the, onto the pitch. But it's like, you know, we've got to be starting to, to want to make an impression in the League Cup just because our history says we're absolutely useless in that competition doesn't mean we shouldn't be prioritising it. Swansea played well on the night, but really I don't think they did anything special to beat us that night. No, no. I think it was just a, a routine victory in midweek, wasn't yeah. it? It was a Tuesday night. We crashed out to the League Cup, maybe it's prioritising the Europa League, but I think I think I've said it openly in the past, I'd take a League Cup victory just because it's silverware, it stops the rot. And we won something, you know what I mean? I know, yeah, absolutely. I know, yeah, fair enough. We were in the Europa League and we gave it a good go, and yeah, unfortunately came to a, a sour end in the, in the Europa League. But at least have a go in the league, cup, yeah. you know, get the fans excited. You could have a trophy by the time March comes. So, it's, and then the season's a memorable one. Can rain or shine? Well, you know, obviously a lot of rain in our season. But to be honest, it highlighted to me what, what went wrong in, in pre-season that we were sort of prioritising Europa over things. We didn't do enough yeah. in, in the summer transfer window, so we ended up, like you say. Not really giving the monkeys about the league cup, which is totally wrong. Yeah. Anyway, on to the derby. Always a big game between Liverpool and Everton. And yeah. Anfield, uh, Gerrard scored and uh, Jack Elver scored. Now, that's an absolute world equaliser. What about uh, Gerrard's goal? Now, we're not going to talk about too much. You know, Tim Howard will be having a, having a nightmare if he listens to this. But there's a bit of any questions asked, shall we say, with Gerrard scoring. Yeah, uh, Tim Howard, a fault. You just transported me back. Howard was in the middle of his goal for that one, I think, wasn't he? It was, you know, Gerard's record with free kicks. I remember him sticking one under the wall one time up that field, didn't he? Howard's position for that, I think, uh, I think at least two goalkeeper would have stopped that, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah, well, I think he would have got to it, definitely. But Howard was in the middle of his goal. He positioned his wall all wrong. It's like he'd taken a lead with his centres. And Gerard just put it in like it was a penalty. Was he high-fiving himself? <laughs> Let's not dwell on that. What about Jagielka's equalised? Ties Brownie. Works it. Gets across it. it doesn't come. Eto's not there. McGeady will keep it in. Down by the left-hand corner flag. Edge of the penalty area. Crossed in by McGeady. Naismith's there. Headed away. Reaches Jagielka. What a shot. Oh, oh what a goal! What, what a goal, goal What a goal! goal by Phil Jagielka! Get in, Jack. In the top corner of the net. <laughs> with his right foot. And it's gone into the top corner. And I've never seen a goal like that in a Merseyside derby in my entire life. And Phil Jagielka, in stoppage time, has scored not the goal of this season, Graham Stewart. It's the goal it's the of game. Phil Jagielka's oh, career. Oh, Mark, if you're going to score a goal and you're going to leather it from 30 yards at the cop end, you're going to do it in the last minute like Phil Jagielka I don't, did. I don't think there's any more perfect way to end it to get a point. The absolute best moment of that was when they slowed it right down. You can see the Liverpool fans smiling behind the goal as it drops to him. And then that smile slowly turning into fume, outright fume, when it was absolute exercise in the top corner. I think that's why he got played in the season, Jagielka. <laughs> I think he had a shocker, didn't he, for the first six months, let's be honest. He was coming under a lot of criticism at that time as well, Jagielka, wasn't he? He was. 
He's had a penchant for that in his career, hasn't he? For hitting them, I remember a few for Sheffield United years back, but that was one hit. Absolute world yeah. type of hit. On to October, Mark, we played our first Europa League game away in Krasnodar. Yeah. Um, Eto, I remember he was given the responsibility of leading the line that night, and he, he was the one who scored against Krasnodar. You know, a good point, wasn't it, away in Europe? We'll take that all day. Krasnodar pretty surprised me that night, how good they, you know, how good they could be. You know, I know they beat us a bit of some when we had an understand team, but... Krasnodar were reacting that night, weren't they? You know, he didn't have a midfield that night, if memory serves me. I thought it was excellent. He led the line well, scored a good goal. I think right on the six yard box, wasn't it? He stuck it in. But um, Krasnodar were showed that, you know, no gimmies in the Europa League. They were doing full value. I think we would have took that, though, wouldn't we? A victory over Wolfsburg and a point away at Krasnodar. You'd probably thought the other. Station on the way to the ground. I thought it was a brilliant trip. I think the ground was breathtaking. 
had a, like a dedicated cop end, you know, just added to the, mm. it added to the, it was a good game, it was a poor game though, to be honest. Everton, if Everton had been 50% they would have won that game. Yeah. There wasn't many, many chances to know, to remember that, but it was the, the, the off-field sort of development yeah. took the shine anyway in terms of the media attention, but yeah. again it was another point in, in you know, yeah. we, we remained top of our group, didn't we? If so you remember Leo at the time we were sort of top of the French League as well, playing with a lot of confidence, you know, so it was a game where we never looked in trouble, but yeah. you know, Probably as fine as the, uh, I don't know, 60, 90 minutes, however, like he didn't seem to play 90 minutes, did he? Now, Marcus, um, wasn't it? Against Burnley. That was a Sunday as well. I it remember, was. I remember, yeah. Yeah. I remember being up the road in the post office. It was about half one kickoff from memory, says me, right? And yeah. Burnley. Um, and uh, he capped a fine performance with the third goal, didn't he? Uh, well, he got two on the day, yeah. but um, his second was brilliant, wasn't it? The loop, sorry, the looping effort from all 25 yards. And the away end as well, the away fans going pure limbs at that moment. It was a game again where, you know, Burnley had possession, they, they, they looked dangerous uh, when they got back into it, but. But it was a game where it all seemed too easy again, you know, it, was all fine. it all came too easy for us. It was a game where we showed our class. Atoll was just, yeah, I think he was well class that day, Atoll was just like the Lions Superbly, didn't he? Yeah. If you remember, a lot of people were calling for Atoll to start ahead of Lukaku in the yeah. next match. Yeah. That, well, it, I think it was just because of his smile, to be honest. It was infectious, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. It was great to see him smiling and playing like that in an empty shirt. Yeah. True. Wet at the moment. On to November, Mark. We're moving yeah. through these quite quickly here, surprisingly.
zou ik ze nodig hebben. Dan moet je voor gaan halen. Nou, weet je, toch weet je, weet je, we hadden zwak. Alleen, ik denk zo. Jorop was het, like, ah, speciaal. We moesten stoppen op het woord hangen. Maar niet zo goed zaad. We finished fifth in the Premier League the season before. So I think people would have respected us anyway. But the players we had, like Lukaku, obviously. You know, European defenders, the eight, that sort of striker don't do as well. And it showed with the amount of goals I think he was joint top scorer with me in, in the Europa League, you know, just absolutely loved playing in it. I think what it was, teams looked at our league results and thought they didn't really have much. And then, then we kept them by turning up and playing so convincingly, you know, we, 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 we just showed yeah, that we definitely. enjoy playing in that competition. Definitely, you know? definitely. Obviously, with, with uh, after following on from that, we've got November was probably our busiest month of games. Yeah. A lot of games to get to there, man. We went to Sunderland away, we hosted West Ham. At home, then travelled to Germany to play Wolfsburg, then went to Tottenham before yeah. the month was over. Start with the Sunderland trip away from home. Not much again, not much to shout about apart from a late Baines penalty, which we was late on, wasn't it? Was that in the last minute? Yes, I think it was. Sure last five minutes, if memory serves me right. Yeah, and we, yeah. we, we went behind um, and salvaged the point there. Again, it was on a Sunday, it was following the, the league, uh, the Lille game on, on yeah. Thursday. West, following that, West Ham, uh, West Ham home yeah. game. Absolute catalogue of baffling managerial decisions for me. I thought it was 
back in a second for part two. Cheers. Hello and welcome to part two of the Everton Fan Focus end of season review podcast. Mark, are you still breathing? I am. Yes, still here. Just about. The beer's falling lovely, so yeah, going back. <laughs> yeah. You need a beer talking about this, let's be honest. <laughs> right, we've finished from August to November. Now we move into the month of December 2014. Everton take on Hull on a Wednesday night, if I remember rightly. It was a midweek game and all that, and it was one all. Yeah, another and game where we sort of helped a, a, a non-entity striker register his first goal for the club or end this drought with Sonia Luko. I thought you were talking about Nikita Jelovic there for a minute. <laughs> Jelovic is still up, doesn't he? You know, yeah. No, uh, Lukaku scored for us that night, didn't he? And it was, uh, again, to be honest, a lot of people say Sam Hansen away was the Medea. I think Hull at home was absolutely got wretched. Do you think that was a, a, a real turning point? Yeah, it was a real state. It was a real sign of where we were at in the league. You know, we, yeah. you knew it was going to be a struggle because there was still a lot. You know, I thought still we can call this back. We can call this back. You know, but I just want to say that when Hull, you know, it was just so depressing that game. I remember Hull. Well, Luke Clark, who scored, but we, we, yeah. we took the lead in that, on that game, didn't we? But it was, I remember the atmosphere being just, ugly. just horrible with yeah. the other that night. It was a cold December night as well, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a game that we were expected to win, and we didn't. We just didn't take I don't know, it felt like a defeat. It totally felt like a defeat that night. A chance to put things right after Tottenham, but obviously this is Everton we're talking about. Yeah. It never works out like that. No. Three days later, we then travelled to Man City. Um, obviously won the won the league the season before yeah. sort of going, going okay shall we say City this season probably disappointed by their own standards but Mark a controversial afternoon at the Etihad wasn't it it was we actually played well that day I thought and we did a lot of good things about our play we had uh, Lukaku at it Hart was fantastic in goal for City tonight Lukaku didn't he and, but also City got away with murder that day I remember uh, Mangala doing it I think it was a karate kick Team against Krasnodar because we'd already gotten qualified and won the group. Yeah, um, he played 
sounds on the night, to be honest, some of the younger lads. Thought they were great. Thought uh, Kieran Dowell looked, looked excellent that night, and, and also Ledson played, didn't he? A lot of big things expected of Ledson. And it was great to see him up, uh, you know, playing in the middle of the park there, but for me, Garver was absolutely brilliant. I think it was in his delivery. And, and he looked ready, ready already. Yeah, you know like I mean? all the dissenters say, you know, no, he's only played a couple of games, he's not good. Have you seen Garver that night? Why isn't this kid playing in the first team? Exactly. Excellent. You know, burst the pace a lot. Yeah, but Krasnodar, to be fair, turned up to a professional job, didn't they? You know, they did look. Was it their fans who were, were nuts? Yeah, there was 14 fans. I'm sat, I'm sat in the main stand for that game, for, just for the changes, just to see. And then um, they got the VIP treatment in the main stand. There was no one in the away end. And uh, they were all sat to the, just, um, on the chair, just in between, you know, the main stand. At the Gladys Street side. It was a huge fans who came and they were doing that dance where they all spinning the, the scarves and I was like young boys. Young boys that was, yeah. They were excellent down there. They well, to be fair, every European set of fans that we had were excellent in their own yeah. right. But um Crafts they they drove from Russia was the story, wasn't it? That they, they, they came all the way by a car. Yeah. Did they come on a tank? <laughs> Obviously finished our Europa League campaign, Mark, and it came yeah. at the end of a poor run in the league. But I think we all probably took a bit of pride and heart from that uh, the group stages because we'd done well. Yeah, we'd done well really. Uh, we'd won, we'd won our obviously two of our three home games, uh, yeah. and we got we got decent results away from home as well. So that was something probably the one shining light. And I know you've described it as our comfort blanket, haven't you? Many yeah. times when I've spoken to you, it was. It was our something that we could cling on to. Absolutely, and a little bit of hope. But anyway, continuing into the, the midst of December, we then hosted QPR on a Monday night. Now that game itself, Mark. I mean, yeah. You know, we tried different things that night. We saw Ross Barkley, the best of Ross Barkley, and it's just things like this that we never saw on a consistent basis throughout the season. A different combination in midfield, Bezic played alongside Ross that night. Yeah. We thought, here we go, these two look shit off. And then, absolutely, totally agree. I thought Barkley uh, played in a deeper role that night, didn't he? Played in the centre of the field play. He dictated the play fantastically well that night. He looked, uh, you know, he looked the player that we all know Ross Barkley is as well. He's got a magnificent goal, if you remember, with his left foot into the top corner. Yeah, and the park yeah, yeah, yeah. Great hit, but Barkley looked comfortable, he looked confident in that position, and him and Bessage, you know, I know it's only QPR we're playing against, but him and Bessage done a fantastic job, the midfield looked the best, it, it looked all season with them two in the middle there, but, you know, like you say, Marmers, for whatever reason, decided to totally break them up in the next game, so it didn't go. We're going into the, the, the hectic Christmas period then, we, we face Southampton away, Mark, and as you said, he mixed it up, but to be honest, to me, you said the whole game was a turning point. The Southampton game will always be etched on my memory because yeah. uh, for the wrong reasons. I saw a team, an Everton team there, which I've, I've not seen. I've not felt so disheartened after an Everton performance in maybe 10 years, 12 years. I honestly can't remember feeling that bad. Even when we got beat 4-0 by Liverpool at, uh, yeah. at Anfield, I didn't feel like that. That Southampton game, it was an absolute disgrace. And the behaviour of the manager, he didn't make substitutions when we were crying out for substitutions. We were crying out for a bit of hope. And him trying to take the positives out of a second-half display just because we didn't concede. The game was over. The yeah. game was over after 20 minutes. And you've got to think of all the fans who went down there. That, that, that's what I didn't personally go. Now, just before Christmas, our fans going down there in the thousands, as they always do, to South Coast, the furthest away game, to put in a performance like that, absolute disgrace, Mark. And I think... Yeah. That is when I really started to, my stomach started to go and I thought, what's going on here? We need some sort of 
immediate reaction and we kept crying oh, we'll, 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 we've got them next so we'll see a reaction and to be honest Mark we all know that Southampton game's the start of a, uh, a ball run up yeah, and absolutely wretched on the ball it was horrible it, was, uh, it ruined Christmas it ruined Christmas yeah. for a lot of people and I know Everton you might say oh Everton it's just football or whatever but when you support the club and, and love them as much as me and you and, yeah. and a lot of people we do actually know I think it was horrible it was horrible it, was, it, it put me in mind of when Everton got beat well, the last game at Middlesbrough it was that type Three of performance yeah, absolutely yeah. atrocious like you say the people who spent an absolute fortune going down there the, the fantastic away fans you know deserved a lot better than that you don't mind getting beat if you're going to put a shift in shifting at all we were lost we looked lost we looked devoid of confidence yeah. devoid of leaders devoid of ideas a shadow of our former selves from last season yeah. it was horrible man I remember it and I, I always revert back to that Southampton game a Southampton side yeah. don't forget as well yeah, yeah they've done, had a great season but they were on the back of five defeats on the run I'm sure they were on or they hadn't won in five if you look that up I'm sure they were on a terrible run and they wiped the floor with us they looked like the, the Southampton were playing full of confidence they'd had a great yeah. run Uh, Luke Garber played fantastic there, didn't he? 
it's like anyone though, isn't it? It seems to be the theme. If you do well, you go missing. Absolutely, yeah. It's like, you know, you do poorly, you get rewarded with the run of games in the team. Man, it just seems to get that impression all season long. Well, the whole Robles on um, Luke Van Garbos are two classic examples. Absolutely. But yeah. It was, um, again, Newcastle out there, season turned out, you know, look at them and they beat us there. Kone Morales scored late on, but the game was already gone, wasn't it? And I remember then thinking, Jesus Christ, I hope this new year brings new hope. But well, I'd like to say Happy New Year to you, just like I'd like to say Happy Christmas, Mark. But, you know, on um, on January the 1st, we went to Hull City and got beat 2-0, so... What a desperate performance. We remember Jelovic scored that night, didn't he? We looked absolutely... An absolute shadow of our former selves. Yeah. Four straight defeats over Christmas, uh, leading up to that worst run of defeats in nine games in nine years. Unbelievable. It was just, you know, to go up to that whole game um, and play the way we did again. Like you say, new optimism. I think before that game, we ended up with the second worst defensive record in the league, you know, and, and our, we were so famed for it. For that our, first half of the season, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And tightness last season. And yet, you know, and most of it was down to individual errors. Martinez insistence on playing from the back with players who were uncomfortable doing it. He wouldn't change, would he? You know, so, like you say, you know, expecting different results from doing the same thing is borderline insanity. And that's what Martinez just displayed. It was outrageous stuff. It hurt us, didn't it? And, yeah. and as the season wore on, we were like, look, we know you're stubborn, we know you've got a style of play, but try something new, just mix it up. Yeah. Just do something different, experiment. Um, because at the, the way, the longer it was going on, it was like, where's this hope? Where are we going to drag ourselves out of it? Southampton, Stoke, Newcastle, and Hull. Let's be honest, with all due respect, four of, say, three of those four, you would probably say in the bottom third of the league. Yeah. Um, I agree. And, and you know, ironically, Hull go down, Newcastle survive on the last day of the season, Stoke and Southampton are slightly better, but. We're being beaten by them four, and then we're finding ourselves in a precarious position in the league, and it's like, where's the next victory coming from? And then you look at the fixtures, we've got, we've got an FA Cup game, so you can't even put it right in that. Remember the, the next, game, the next yeah. league games, Man City, and you're like, where, where's the break going to come from? Where are we going to do it? Yeah, you're right, the West Ham game. Be bothered with it to be honest with you. It was like the league was so depressing. The, the, the FA Cup, I know it sounds hypocritical given that I had to go about the 20 years with the League Cup and all that, but I, I couldn't, be, couldn't be asked with the FA Cup to be honest with you. I thought, no, hang on a minute. It's like going on holiday when you haven't paid your rent for six months or all. You know, the, longer, you the longer the Europa you know, League went on, though, Mark, I'm sure a lot of people felt about that. My, my ass yeah. was going, I was thinking, yeah, we're, we're sound in Europe, yeah, but we couldn't enjoy it. We like, could not enjoy Europe for no. one minute this season. Because of the worries in the league. And the league, you know, if we'd have won one, lost one, won one, lost one throughout the season, there wouldn't have been any of it. But, uh, you know, we had such horrific runs of form, didn't we? You know, massive, you know, runs of defeats, uh, you know, particularly over Christmas. Just really, you couldn't enjoy any of it. Just like last season, most people were paralysed as being a little bit with the league, so you couldn't enjoy the league. Exactly, last, last exactly. exactly. <laughs> Just like when we finished fourth in 2004. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> And then we all know what happens after that. Yeah. It's just, it's just always, it seems to always be the Everton way, doesn't it? Yeah. But going into the new year, you had the West Ham uh, game, have you just touched on Mark? Lukaku with the last minute equaliser, yeah. wasn't it? It was like, almost like we were clinging on to anything. Are we going to go out the FA Cup? It was like, oh, it's just a continuation of the, all the bad things yeah. we've seen in the past, say, three or four weeks. Yeah. But that Lukaku goal, you just felt like, oh, is that going to be a turning point? Given, you know, if you remember the attendance that night was atrocious, it wasn't even 25,000 that night. Given that run of form... There's probably more people in the booze here than there was in good 
Robertson. I, I totally to agree, mate. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, it was, that was blown out of all proportion, I thought, as a team. But, you know, this thing, now we were so desperate for anything. For a last-minute Lukaku goal, following a little bit of concerted pressure. It was, um, I remember a lot of people going to say, now this is the chain of point, we'll be all right. But it, it, it was just, the, the, it was unconvincing, like the whole of the season was, wasn't it? You know, you know Lukaku scored, like you say. Um, but it was, it was a game again where you're thinking, just what's happened to us here? Yeah. You know, West Ham were the better team by Coaching at stores, trying to get a, absolutely trying to get a replay against West Ham just to give us a bit of a boost, and that probably summed us up at that moment, though. Couldn't agree, yeah. And um, obviously we we went on back to the league action then. Manchester City at home. Yeah. 69 minutes played at Goodison, nil-nil. Leighton Baines with this weapon, free kick. A two-man wall near post for City. Baines into the box, into the arms of Joe Hart, who spilled it. Oh! 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 The referee's already blown for a free kick after Joe Hart spilled the ball. Give it up, The flag was raised, and uh, the goal is ruled out. It was Jackie Upwards put the ball but in the net. Smith offside. Yeah. We're just getting a rerun off it now, and because Naismith challenges for the ball, he's flagged Naismith offside. That is tight. Zabaleta gets City on the move as they break to the halfway line with Fernandinho on for Navas. Navas with the ball into the box. Nasri cuts it back. Chance here for Silva on his left foot. Silva shot deflected and then headed home. It's gone in. It's Fernandinho. It's and who's got it for Manchester City. An appeal for offside. It looked like the shot that deflected up into the air was going wide before Fernandinho headed it home. Coleman couldn't prevent it going over the goal line. Everton are protesting. Bessic and Robles are coming to this touchline on the near side and querying with the assistance as to whether that goal should stand. But Manchester City have gone in front here. Baines to take this free kick. Lampard free kick sent outside the box. It's a decent free kick. Sorry, he got our goal in normal 
time, but I'll have scored in extra time. If you remember when he came off the bench. Oh no, he took it. Sorry, he took it. He took it today. He took it to extra time, didn't he? He did. No. Yes, no, I think Lukaku scored the goal and Morales, do you remember, made it 2-1. Morales was absolutely, when we came on, he was well past that, mate, when he hit the park. Absolute game changer. Um, Evan played fantastic with, with great spirit that night, didn't they? McGeady went out. Uh, McGeady went and uh, got himself sent off for a, a stupid challenge. Um, but Evan played with a lot of heart that night. And then, again, that was a time where we thought, you know, the half because you know, a lot of people were questioning whether they were playing for Marquez, but that showed that we were playing, you know, that they were playing for the manager. It was, it was, a, it was a good performance, but again, bad luck story yet again, you know, uh, Joel missed his penalty in the West Ham one. 9-8 on penalty. Laughter, yeah. It was all very unlucky, I think. And I, I agree, we did play with a bit of heart. Especially, uh, I mean, it's, all, it's all of a sudden gone really really out here. You can't hear the fucking words where it's Apologies. <laughs> um, anyway, back to the action. <laughs> West Brom at home, Mark. Yeah, you, 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 know, but you, you know, you look down the fixtures here and you're looking at nil-nils and one-hours, but so much sort of controversy or topic happened from that game. It's unbelievable, isn't it? The ninth, Monday, the 19th of January, yeah. we played West Brom at home again, like earlier on in the season where there was opportunities to kick on. Yeah. We played West Brom. A, a real sort of uh, a must win, it? You know, a must win yeah. to sort of uh, change our fortunes against the side. Let's be honest, West Brom. They're never going to be the, 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 you know, they're never going to do anything major in the league. Just uh, to go there, and you know, uh, it was a game that we needed to win. Uh, and also, it's famous now for for the Kit Morales penalty, you know, gate. You know, taking the ball off Baines when, when really Baines should have stepped up. Baines, Baines stands up and takes that. We win the game 1 0, don't we? And we use a lot of uh, worries. But Alice's ego got the better of him. He uh, wanted to take the penalty, I think, for a. Uh, he wanted to celebrate it well, uh, pay tribute to a, a lad. Is it the Belgian away. lad? Yeah, yeah. I understand yeah. that, but there's a time and a place for that. He could have shown that in his performance rather than a goal. Um, but it was, you know, it was just a scandalous sort of. Breaking up the ranks, wasn't it? You know, I think, I think it sort of um, it brought home some of maybe the off-field problems and behind-the-scenes problems, and obviously we'll go into them a bit more in, in detail. But it was horrible, wasn't it, man? Yeah. Absolute, absolute. Coleman down the right-hand side, receiving from Bessic, chance to dink it into the penalty area. Lukaku chested. Oh, Touch took the ball away from him, but it struck the arm of a West Brom player, and that saw referee Michael Oliver point to the penalty spot. It was Julian Lescott's arm, and he protests his innocence, but it does strike his arm, and Everton have a chance to score from the penalty spot. But it's going to be Kevin Morales to take this penalty for Everton. Lane Baines has been Everton's penalty taker for a long, long time. OK, he missed one at Manchester United, but that's his only Premier League penalty miss. Kevin Morales, at the end of this first half, misses, and Everton pay the price for changing the penalty taker. He hits it wide at the right-hand post. It might have just brushed the post, but that is an opportunity wasted big time by Everton and Kevin Morales.
got the medication, and now we're going to approach the final third of the season. So, just after we finished, Mark, yeah. we'd um, had the old penalty debacle against West Brom. But yeah. moving on from that, just before the month of January was out, we, we visited Sellers Park to play Crystal Palace, and we actually won. It was a, such a, a relieving win. That, I mean, the pressure was fairly on, if you remember. Then the Carkey scored after two minutes, two or three minutes, wasn't it? it was very early, yeah, very Fantastic. early. We were up to the cost that day, but we defended magnificently if memory serves me right. In Palace, it was our bold team, you know. That was such a, a big win that, you know, in the context of our season, I know it's, uh, you know, just, we just needed it. We were crying out for a result like that, probably over Christmas we needed a result like that, we didn't get it, and then it finally came up and saw his back, yeah. A victory and a clean sheet, just what we needed really going into the Merseyside derby. Yeah. A derby that was, um, was probably, again, it was in the, it was in the media spotlight yeah. for all the wrong reasons. I mean, Merseyside police had a big, a big part to play in that, really, with uh, Sort of jumping on that to, to, to sort of justify our own thoughts, really. But you know, 
was a game where, you know, I don't know, but it sets up lovely, wouldn't it? You know, it was great. It's actually good. I don't know after the, after the, 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 the Palace victory, keeping a clean sheet there. Liverpool, let's be honest, the, um, yeah. you know, keeping a clean sheet there, another point. Going to yeah. Chelsea, putting in the performance and maybe nicking it. But at the other end, then we, we go and shoot ourselves in the foot. It's very evident, wasn't it? Very evident. Um, and that all happens in the space of a week. So it shows you the emotions that we go through as football fans and as Evertonians, really. Absolutely. Um, less than, a, I think it was about a week later, we, went, we then travelled to Switzerland to play um, Young Boys. Yeah. Mark, probably. But absolute unreal performance, wasn't it? Blue Park, he was unplayable, the perfect tactic. Seamus Coleman got on the score sheet that night. All after going behind because uh, was it Harrow, was it? Gilliam Harrow. Gilliam Harrow looked like an absolute world beater on the night. He looked, he looked the part, didn't he, that night? I remember saying, you know, doing a, a player like him up front. But yeah, he looked, looked great, didn't he? The Swiss are not sadly the fans. It was a great atmosphere that night. But um, let's be honest, as a country, they haven't got much else to shout about, have they? Not much at all. No, they, they dodge wars and everything, don't they? So, no. <laughs> but Evan played fantastic that night, didn't they? There was a real arrogance to our play, real ruthlessness. And, you know, Lukaku just loved the million dollars again. And, you know, so Patrick could have had about five that night, if memory's in. He could have done that. I didn't remember him saying after it, Mark. He was disappointed just to get the three. Yeah. It was absolutely. I think every time we attacked, we looked like scoring that night. It was, you know, I thought were fantastic. Not, not much to say for young boys' defence. It, it was more focused on attacking us rather than sort of keeping us out. But you know, definitely. But it was a, it was a continuation of yeah. our. Um, obviously, we're out of the group now, and this was the qualifiers, and this was the the actual bread. You know, the yeah. the business end of the Europa League, and to go there in such emphatic style was, was brilliant. But it enhanced that feeling that something yeah. was down for us in the Europa. But then typically eleven three days later we play Leicester and we do two all and you know Leicester basement scores and we get an own goal but Jesus Christ it was painful again wasn't it Goodison Park. Tim Allen's absolute worst moment of the season if you ask me. I mean he had he had a hundred but I think that one was the worst. Um, just what was he doing for uh, I think Cambiasso scored for Leicester. Tim Allen's decision making that day was absolutely atrocious. And uh, just again, you know, it's teams haven't worked hard, hard they to score it hurts us this season and Leicester did the same, you know, just yeah. ridiculous result, ridiculous performance. Again, we're, we're sort of scraping scra scra the bottom of the barrel saying that we got it ups and scored and the, the dying embers didn't need to he deflected it in, so we got a point out of it, but you know, like you say, again, another desperate result. Desperate desperate hanging on against the likes of Leicester as well. Yeah. During that point, they, you know, they looked dead and buried. All, all fair play yes. to them, you know. I remember speaking to the Leicester fan ahead of that on the, on the actual podcast. Yeah. And they were dead and buried, and he was like, you know, we're a good side, we just keep getting beat. But then they go to Goodison and get a morale boost and draw. I think that sort of was the catalyst for Probably, that. yeah. Probably. If you're going to get a catalyst, you're going to get it against Devon. But anyway. <laughs> um, I've got a few days later, yeah. then host the young boys, young boys, excuse me, in the home like Mark. I just yeah. Man, it's routine, wasn't it? Luke Parker again, that man with two goals and Morales on the night. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Well, it's very I couldn't even speak to anyone when I got into work. I thought, what's going on? I, 
I saw our fans' reaction on Twitter the night before, Mark, and I went to bed. I felt upset. I'm not going yeah. to lie. I, I felt agree. upset by that. There was a sense of panic set in after that result. It did seem, that, you know, I know it's, you know, it looks ridiculous now given how many points we finished above the relegation zone. But at that moment, relegation seemed on, didn't it? It seemed on for all the world that we could easily get something. But Mark, it kept going on, didn't it? It was like, how many of these defeats and lifeless defeats is it going to take for the manager to try and turn things around for the players? Get a kick up the arse? Completely agree. I can only say, thankfully, we did after that, but only slightly to edge ourselves away. Yeah. After that, I'll be honest, I wanted my mares out, and not a lot has changed since for me to sort of completely go and do a new turn on that thought. But you know, thankfully, we did enough, didn't we? And it was coming up in the next month, basically, that we changed it around. True, obviously, we, we, we have progress in the Europa League after that. But again, you couldn't really be like, yeah, we're, we're going to play Dynamo Kiev. I'm excited about that no. because we're just being beat by Stoke and Arsenal. We, you know, the league position was becoming ever more so worrying. We did play Kiev. Yeah. We went a goal down. If you remember that 20, 25 minutes spell, Mark, they wiped the floor with us, didn't they? They did. Absolutely and then, fantastic. Uh, Smith has yeah. got us back on level terms. They did. Um, Everton played well. <laughs> Kiev looked, looked well consistently for the first 20 minutes. Like most teams, you know, tend to, tend to have done a good us in the season. But Everton, again, showed a lot of fight that night. Not great quality, if you remember. But um, Everton really dug in. And, and, and again, Given what, what went after it, maybe that was a, a little catalyst for us to sort of come away from the relegation zone. Because Everton, you know, Kiev, although it didn't show in the second leg so much, and I, they were a decent team to come back and to come back from a losing position to win that game. Um, Parky didn't score a penalty um, at the end. Of it was, 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 was good for the character of the team, and it certainly helped in the, in the games coming up. Have you just said character? I did. So and it was the first time I've said that.
Everton lead by two goals to nil and hopefully now that is enough. And now Osman forward to Lukaku, laid off for Kone. Flag stays down. Kone's got Lennon to his right. Kone's still going, he's overrun it. Does break though for Lennon. Oh, that's a terrible challenge. An awful challenge. Colacini, and that could be a red card. Colacini has just sighed Darren Lennon to the ground. A two-footed challenge as well. Everton players wagging fingers at Fabrizio Colacini saying that's a bit naughty. And Newcastle will play the rest of the game with just 10 men. A straight red for the Newcastle skipper. 2-0 here, Everton lead. We're inside the final minute of stoppage time. And Christian Atsu's on the break forward. Ross Barkley's motoring forward to join him. He's played him in. This should be three. Barkley's round the keeper. Barkley scores a wonderful goal at the Gladys Street end to put the seal on Everton's first home league victory of 2015 and it puts the seal on it in some style with Ross Barkley's second goal of this season and Everton have now recorded victory for the seventh time in the Premier League this season. I think back to the Villa game when we beat them 3-0 in yeah, September, October time, five months, probably six months. Jack Yelker in that game played an outrageous thing, 50-yard pass off the ground that completely opened up Newcastle, didn't it? McCarthy chested it down, fed it into, yeah, McCarthy, you, you, you run on a benefit. Ross Barkley's got a lovely goal that day, if I remember. The order break, the gladness to the end, yeah. Round the keeper and stuff in it. Just what he needs, yeah, yeah. It's just what we need, yeah. yeah. Completely agree. You know, you get hyped up by that. You beat Kiev, you beat Newcastle, and then you go away to Kiev, Mark. Yeah. I, I know it's it's a, it's very sore subject with yourself, your brother. Yeah. A lot of Evertonians, and I remember watching it that night, thinking this sums up being an Evertonian. But we got beat five two away Kiev. And, uh, I don't really want to talk about it much, Mark, because it does me in because I know how good we were in Europe. And I know the performance we've yeah. put in, and I know the difference between the European and the, the domestic displays from Everton. But to go there and Kiev and capitulate like we did, it was almost like the home side. You know, whatever they did, it ends up in the back of the net. But they had to, you know, they had to work, they worked that one about five minutes, then all it took was a few lofty balls into the box, and we were struggling. Certainly with Alcaraz, uh, it's an absolute nightmare. It didn't help with it, no. uh, playing like a Sunday league defender, let's be honest. That, that, that defeat, Matt, still. Presented our last opportunity to win a trophy this season. I know it, it wasn't really on it, you know, it was more of a pipe dream to be honest. But it was getting more and more real. And when it ended in such an abrupt fashion, um, basically, that defeat, as you're getting older, these club defeats tend to cut deeper. And that one, to be honest, I'll be honest, it sounds authentic. I'm still fuming over it now. Um, it just, it's almost like, I know stuff was said about maybe John Stones being unwell or not. But I don't know. It's the manner, it's the manner in which you go down. We couldn't wait to put Tim Howard back in with Robles and he said it was his number one thing. If only he would have applied the same logic to Stones being fit and played him instead of Stones. That's the thing, we could have lost that game 3-2 and still would have gone through. Exactly. Pure Everton style. It's the easy part, man. Yeah, yeah. With, so, so there's no one, you know, could have got me 3-2, you'd have been laughing. Yeah. And I, remember, I remember when I think we drew level and then the Barkley at the post or... I was just like, oh, it's just a small margin, so it's just got a couple of goals to find him. Don't get me wrong, yeah, like, I mean, it's the fourth or fifth, whatever it was, the right back or left back, it's it. Yeah. And it's flown in the back of the net, you know what I mean? It's one of them nights where everything it turns the goal, but it was the man.
man of them, which we went down in the first half, and that just so disappointing. We can't be scored with all right, settle down, group, group, do this. No, we're just absolutely switched off. I like to think that we've learned from our European uh, yeah. performances this season, Mark. Um, we, we were, I'd say, for 90% of it, we were great. We, you know, we had a yeah. swagger about our play, a confidence assurance. Yeah. Um, European side feared us, especially with Luke Parker with leading the line. I thought we done well, really well, and we deserve praise for that. And hopefully, we'll learn from it and kick on from it. But to go out in that fashion was just such a it was almost like the, the almost the piss take, wasn't it? The icing on the cake for the season. It was just gut wrenching, no other way for it, mate. It was just absolutely gut wrenching to see us get beat by Leonard. But like you say, we can't dwell on it because we'll uh, be uh, on the medication yet. Yeah, that was in front of nearly 70,000 fans as well, that. Incredible. And then the week later, we play in front of 17,000 fans at QPR and at Loftus Road. Probably can still hear to see you, by the way. Uh, uh, the, I feel like I'm in the middle of Manchester Street. Oh, hello. I think we've heard more noise out of Goodison than, than this booze. Yeah, oh, this booze are the Goodison. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've found But uh, the week after, we, we travelled to Loftus Road, Mark, and I think that's probably where Aaron Lennon, which we'll come back to later, uh, his performance as a whole, but it's probably where he sort of stamped his mark by getting the winner. Yeah. Um, and obviously, QPR were fighting for their lives, and they were probably the better side on the day. I remember watching that game, another Sunday game. Yeah. Another striker banged out of form, he scored against his mark. So two, 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 second half. Same as Coleman, gave us a great, a great uh, opener in the yes. first half. Vargas brought the, the home side back into it, but Aaron Lennon nicked the winner. And Coney had a hand in both goals, to be fair to that. Leon Osman as well. And if you remember, Coney had a poor game that day, didn't he, as well? You know, but he, like you say, he had, made At least a, he had a game. He had a crucial difference, yeah. He was uh, played a key role in two goals. Leonard's goal was fantastic follow-up play, wasn't it? You know, uh, the ball came off. The, the keeper parried it and Leonard followed it up, did he? And scored. You know, I, I just think he's, he's, he had a wonderful impact, didn't he, for, uh, for Evan when he came off when he signed for us. Definitely. And th that was obviously the start of our upturn in format, yes. let's be honest. After all yeah. the, the, the sort of poor performances and erratic form that we'd seen before us in the previous say seven or eight months yeah. to come there to the end of March and get, get a win and run together. We beat QPR, we then beat Southampton at home and uh, we drew with Swansea, yeah. beat Burnley and beat Man United. And that was what winning four, won it out of nowhere. Exactly, and you think to yourself, if you can keep that through to the end, you know, you might have a top eight finish on your car. No, no, say top yeah. eight. Well, a top eight finish is, is it would be an incredible achievement. Yeah, you're right. The fact that we've uh, we've been down in the you know 13, 14 position at some times. Yeah. And really couldn't couldn't buy a win throughout the season. It's all it seemed that was limitation though, given what I've got before. The, the, you know, I mean, you know, it was ridiculous the way we blew away the threat of relegation with a, a title. So running, winning, uh, run of form, if you like, you know, something like four wins out of five, wasn't it? Because we be real together just when we needed it. Made me feel ridiculous about thinking the allegation was on. But, uh, you know, it was typical. I don't really. The Adrian panic and then they, they had you relaxed on me straight after it. Mad. But uh, I don't play the Man United game was fantastic, wasn't it? You know, it showed you what we were capable of as a team. That was a, you know, that was a continuation of our form, wasn't it? I mean, again, the Red to Swansea, Lennon got the goal, the opener, and they came back into with a bit of a contentious penalty decision. But we were still, it was an upturn in, in form for us. Yeah. We beat QPR, we beat Southampton. Um, 
we got to Swansea and got a point to Burnley at home. Yeah, Manala scored, and we all know the, the Barkley penalty to Barkley again, yeah. which we won't dwell on, but we'll come back to yeah. later on. But Jesus Christ, it was like we've got a bit of form going here. Let's follow it through. The United game was like. Why haven't we played like this all season? They almost had echoes of that Arsenal game, second game yeah. of the season, Mark, when we, we, we were tuning up at half-time, we were all guns blazing, yeah. Yeah. then we capitulated, but in the, in the Man United game, United saw a lot of possession, we, uh, we, you know, we succumbed to their possession, Roberto obviously changed his approach, yeah, yeah. yeah, but why hasn't he done that, why hasn't he been more adaptive and a bit more flexible throughout the season, rather than being so rigid and stubborn in his approach, that's what makes yeah. fans like you lose your head. I completely agree, and there's not much hair to lose now. Uh, but also, that United game showed like, that we still had it as a team, didn't we? You know, a lot of people made too much of the United possession. It was a deliberate ploy by Marcus to let United have possession. But it showed what we were capable of. And where the hell had that been all season long? We hadn't seen it. And also, a great moment in that game was John Stones. I've never seen a player so happy to score a goal. Uh, you know, I know it sounds stupid, but, but the look on his face when he buried that header in the top corner, and I think, you know, fantastic. Manchester United 
what's your high point of the season, Mark? To be honest, that Man United victory there on that Sunday, well, you, know, you know what I mean? It's, you think about it, you think, well, you know, what are you going to celebrate, Jagiel, because equalising against Liverpool or yeah. being Wolfsburg home and away when it, in the end it came to nothing? But what can you say is the high point of the season tonight? Say beating United probably is. I would say so. Yeah. yeah, because of how poor it's been before. I'm not saying I'm happy with just beating United 3 0 because, yeah. you know, a couple of weeks before we we got slammed over in Kiev 5 2. Yeah. We were being beat by Stoke and Arsenal, comfortably away from home. So. I agree. And what was more pleasing about that was United were on a particularly mean run of form at that time, weren't they? And not just winning results, they were winning. They were looking better as well. They were looking more of a complete team. You know, just, they just showed what we were capable of. Where the hell had that been all season? So, so frustrating. Definitely, and then, but then the thing is, we sound like a broken record saying it. You move yeah. on to another month, and it's another different Everton that you see. And the minute we get enthused, the minute we have to lower our tone. Exactly. So we go to Villa, <laughs> and we get beat 3 oh. 2. And it ends up being that man, Tom Cleverly. And it, was anyway. to him. it was a fantastic goal. It was, you know, he broke, didn't he? And went one on one with Howard and, and smashed it into the top corner. Um, that was a game that I felt. I felt like we'd not be 5 0 when I walked out of that ground. Yeah, like I think to lose to someone like Tim Sherwood, such an obvious, arrogant get. To be honest, they've got, you know, and Villa, Villa played well that day, but well, they didn't play well, they didn't have to really. It was just, just a case of Everton were absolutely. I, I think Everton had the cheek to take their foot off the gas that day. They thought, okay, we've done enough, we're safe. <laughs> Forget like the season's hopes and expectations before that. Everton just decided to take the foot off the gas, Villa. We're desperate if you remember at that time where they showed us. And that villain fighting for the lives, yeah. And Delph yeah. and, and, and uh, Westwood and cleverly really outmaneuvered the other yeah. midfield that day. That's fantastic. But then, you know, 3-2, it might as well have been 5 0 for the way I've been played. We just, it was atrocious that day. I remember laying into there, was I was, yeah, I was laying into James McCarthy, who'd had a poor day that day, and maybe went over the board criticising him, and everyone jumped on me like I'd. Uh, and slacked off and, you know, like I'd uh, said something wrong, or, you know, said something outrageous, but uh, obviously James McCarthy's a favourite, I love him, but today, that day he had an extremely poor game, uh, and along with everybody else, to be honest, it was only Aaron Lennon that stood out again that day. But it comes after sort of four or five, you know, boosting games, doesn't it? Yeah, and I remember sitting like... there saying, oh, only Everton could be United 3-0, and then go to the exact the game, the very next game, I'm not completely devoid but of it. Leon Osman and Ross Barkley on the bench for that yeah. mark, I remember that. Chops and I thought they were key in the United victory. Whether yeah. or not he play an hour or 90 minutes, and then, you know, he brings the boat for them on yeah. at Villa Park. But the game's already won. Villa's got the wind in the sails here, with, you know, doing toss-overs on the touchline. And that's it. He's thinking he's Miami Vice, but exactly. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. You know, when Jackie Alpha scores a, a last a last minute second goal, but the game was won, you know, before he... It's amazing to give that. It's like a foul on Kevin for all the world, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> 
So we'll just, again, we had a lot of possession that day. He didn't attack with any intent, didn't really play with any kind of menace. The, you know, that we'd shown in the last home game against United. Just completely uh, a team that totally took its foot off the pass on it. You know, and like we, you know, we had possession as you'd expect. Sunderland, I think, I think they scored them. They scored two goals and had about 95 deflections uh, contributing to them goals. Danny, Gra Danny Graham, the uh, world beater. We can add him to a loop goal. We can talk about all of them, haven't we? Soldado, Falcao, Danny Graham. Evan, are the go-to place for a Vanguard form striker? No. <laughs> it was, yeah, no, ridiculous defeat. I think it could have been 3-0 had, uh, had Stones not stopped with Poe at the end. But again, I remember a bloke having a goal on County Road that day. He was walking across, crossing on a green map. Yeah, you see, he said, he was screaming at me through the car window. And I said, would you want me to cross on, on, when he's on red? Or would that make you feel better? And the guy was there, the players around me. I was in no mood to, <laughs> to exchange pleasantries with him, so... That's just, that's just, I think that was the highlight of that day. That's probably just County Road on a nice day. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, after that, we then went to, um, well, to be honest, I just wanted to say a quick thing about Dick Ampercart and Sutherland. I think he deserves credit for coming to Goodison Park and playing three up front. I thought he had a good game that day as well. You've got to give credit to his approach. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he exactly. just totally went for it. To be fair to the fella, don't matter. He's kept them in the league with the results. He's gone away, he spoke to his players wherever he lived. Yeah. He's been offered a deal for another year and he said we can spend 50 million this summer, so I'll take that job yourself, you know. A year, away, a year away from your bed, 50 million to spend, what wouldn't you want to do? I know. I think Matt Nez's fancy's going away, leaving his business for a bit, so he can get 50 million to spend. Yeah. But, uh, no, Come back with a head like you. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> really went on notice, didn't it? The job I've done at Sunderland, fantastic job. Yeah, fair play to him, you know. I just, I just remember when they were shooting towards the Gladys seat end of the first half. I was thinking they had Connor Wickham, uh, Danny Graham, Jermaine Defoe, I thought. To be fair to the fact, you know what I mean? He's come in, he can't say he was, he's going to try and nickel one earlier by playing one up top and five in midfield. He went for it. Just he went for it. He went for it. You know, they're always going to be erratic, some of them, but he kept him in the league. Yeah. Anyway, okay. week after that, we travel to West Ham. Yeah. Probably our. Uh, our best away ground, I think isn't it, man? If you ask Everton fans, it's their favourite away ground. It's fantastic. We just love it, don't we? I think we've got an outrageous record at West Ham. I think we've won eight out of nine away games there. They must absolutely hate us coming. Uh, it always seems to be 2 1 as well, doesn't it? Or 3 1. You know? Both teams to score, yeah. yeah. Lukaku scored the uh, absolute limbs in the early away end that day, do you remember? Well, let's not, let, you know, we went a goal behind with Stuart yeah. Darn, and that was bound to happen, wasn't it? Leon Osmond's goal mark, that was brilliant, wasn't it? Well, Allardyce was absolutely swooning over that goal at the end, I and mean, he was right to it. It was a fantastic goal, wasn't it? it was brilliant take. Chest on it, you know, the, not many yeah. players can score that goal. It took on his chest and swiveled in the end, and it was in the back of the net. But because it's Leon Osmond and he's little, and he just... It goal sort of, let's be honest, it didn't sort of mean anything, did it? I mean, it's an equaliser, every goal means something, but yeah. I don't know, but for the really? Tosman, it's like, it's underrated, isn't it? The goal's underrated. When, when you watch that technique, it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Post goal type finish, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah, fantastic goal. I yeah. agree with that, though, if that's anyone else, don't mark them. Absolutely. 
<laughs> Don't bore me drink over me, Emma. Uh, Blue Park, who scored the last minute there, and obviously that was a nice celebratory moment for our fans. We all love a good toss over in the stands. Oh, McGeady coming on and doing a bad debate, sticking a great yeah. ball in for Lukaku, wasn't yeah, it? I'd still let him go to Celtic on a free, to be honest, even after that. I would, I'd even pay Celtic a few quid to take him, to be honest. Do you want to drive him? Should we hire him anyway? I think we could do, we could have a nice out in Glasgow as well, while we're up there, yeah. Definitely, but it, no, it was just one of them random little uh, moments, wasn't it, where a player who hasn't played all season comes on and does a moment of magic, it's a great ball in to be fair, which is his job, Definitely. and Lukaku done his job and stuck it in the back of the net. So after that, Mark, we had one game left, and yeah. we obviously played Tottenham at home, and we went up. We finished the season with a whimper, didn't we? An absolute whimper. If ever there was a more apt end to the season that summed up the whole season, it was Tottenham at home. Wasn't it? it would be Harry Kane scoring a good some part and half the ground even before the lap of honour or lap of dishonour. I think there was about 11 people left when the players went round. I think that's been Jenny. They were all just waiting for your autograph, <laughs> your Twitter fan club. No? It was disappointing, wasn't it? You know, left everybody flat, like the whole season had really. To be honest, it was, it was an act end. Of, yeah, Harry Kane and things deflected in, but uh, well, a flick header. As memory serves me right, but I've tried to wipe most of it out with, with alcohol. To be honest, <laughs> it's, it's not weird. Most of it's gone, thankfully. There's only so but much you can it. drink, hasn't ever Tony? I'm not starting to remember the uh, the marriage to my ex-wife more clearly, so maybe I need to start thinking about that season more. <laughs> So there you go, that's our season review. I know we've waffled on, but we've tried to... Uh, initially, I said we wouldn't talk about every game individually, but we thought we would. Yeah. Done just over an hour there, so what we'll do is we'll have another break, and then we'll come back and then we'll discuss the key moments from the season and things that have gone on off the pitch as well. And um, let's see if we remember it, Mark. Absolutely. A lot to discuss I know. still, so... OK, Cheers. back in a second. Just been for the drink. <laughs> been to make a few phone calls to see if Elstone's been sacked. Yeah, yeah, all I got from it was that I'm on the sofa tonight, basically, when I get it. From Elstone, all you bit. What we're going to do now is we're going to go back through a few points from this season and give our opinions on it. So, Mark, yeah. firstly, I want to ask you Roberto's stubbornness with his tactics, his formations, even in the midst of our loss yeah. of form. It's been extreme at times, hasn't it? Really, borderline uh, insanity, to be honest, with, with mine. It's, the, it's just complete lack of flexibility. I think it's cost us an awful lot this season. You know, it's he's a, obviously a guy who doesn't like to be proven wrong. I think that's, that's shown all season long with his decision-making. Some of his, his sort of the players he's put in, you know, the, the, the persistence with Tim Howard, the Barry, Gareth Barry, all that type of play, you know. He hasn't really given you the chance this season, has he? That's one, that's one thing that stood out for me, is that he's, he's sort of gone cautious in his approach. He's also, he thinks, you know, that, that reckless abandon that we sort of played with last season has gone. It's been replaced, you know, by, by sort of uh, worry and caution, hasn't it? You know, we just looked a complete shadow. And I don't know what's it. I think it stems from pre-season, personally. Uh, the, whole, the whole mess starts from when he went on a jolly up to Brazil without so much of the pre-season. I know I said that before, but I honestly think it stems from then. I don't know whether we had too good a season. It sounds stupid, doesn't it? But, you know, did we have too good a season last season that you think we didn't need that much, maybe? I don't know. Maybe he got a bit of 
we certainly entered the season with not enough strength and depth there. It wasn't the Lukaku sign, it wasn't, it wasn't the be all for me, we needed a lot more. But I just think it's stubbornness, lack of, you know, the, the Hibbert left back situation, stuff, but it's, it's things like that that have drove fans mad all season long, and I, you know. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of our fans would echo your thoughts, Mark. Um, for me personally, I think um, I see a lot of what you've what you just said there in terms of his, his stubbornness with his, yeah. his tactics, his sticking with his favourites. Um, but for me, he doesn't help himself with the, the comments he makes. No. I see every week, week in, week out, fans are like, what games you've been watching there? It's absolutely ridiculous, some of it. I know. And yeah, I'm all for, you know, the first season, phenomenal this and amazing that, and character and unique. We can all use these sorts of terms in our, in our jobs and yeah. in our lives, but it doesn't wash with Evertonians, and, you know, we're not soft, we're all adults here, we're all human beings. We yeah. can see what's happening before us, and to me, at times this season, it looked like it was falling away. It was falling apart. Yeah. There was disharmony off the field on the field and it was horrible and I just think he needs to be a bit more maybe rigid in his approach and a bit more forthright and a bit more honest in the future and be like completely agree. I'm not expecting someone to come out and absolutely slate his players but don't don't give us fans bullshit no. don't feed us bullshit because no. we used to get enough from the club anyway Yeah, off the field Absolutely. let's be honest here we're watching it we're all even if you're not paying you, you know Ticket money to go and watch them every week, you can still see what's going on with the team. Um, it's not it, the sunshine, but it's pissing down. Uh, exactly. So it's been the exactly. season long. And it creates a toxic atmosphere, like you, you said earlier uh, about yeah. one of the games, Mark. You described it as toxic. And it is. I go there and you speak to people, like, why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? It's just questions, there's no answers. And it's like, I'm the manager, I'm going to do this. But at times the season, it just needed a bit of a, a flick of a switch. Yeah. A bit of a change. A up front. A sort of, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to say drastic changes, but try something different and, and sort of uh, approach it in a different way to see whether something works out. Yeah. Experiments rather than just sticking to what maybe you may have done in, in the year before yeah. or when you were at Wigan or what you've been up, brought up to do. You know, you have to adapt to the surroundings to never change in real good worlds. Adapt to, to exactly. different situations, don't they? And all good players, but you know, it's a, it's an ever changing world, and we have to adapt and we have to evolve as a club. And I just think this season we went a bit stale, we went a bit dry. Clubs, yeah. clubs worked us out. Our players worked us out. Our players ran out of ideas. There was disharmony behind the scenes. Yeah. And it all came together as one. The fans got pissed off, and that was it. We, we, t we had a good run in Europe, but domestically we were shocking. We were. I mean, if you look at the, you know, we finished 25 points off that total last season, didn't we? You know, where, uh, you know, by all accounts, if you listen to, to some fans, we'd strengthened over the summer, so there was absolutely no sign of this coming this season coming. We expected a little dip, given Europa, but uh, to, to sort of go and completely, you know, mess it up the way we did in the league was disappointing. I just... We just didn't get going, and I think personally, I think everyone had a stinker from coaching, from the manager. You know, we can go into the board, but that'll be for later. But certainly down to the players. It didn't. Martinez wasn't helped by the fact that his key players simply barely turned up. Didn't perform. No. We did. No. To be honest, man, we did have injuries, didn't we? But did, yeah. you know, looking at looking at his team selection, sometimes Barkley out wide, they yeah. out wide. He's accommodating for the number ten. Now we can't accommodate for. Christian yeah. Atsu, it didn't work out, let's be honest. No. Barry, Gareth Barry looked out of his depth on numerous occasions this season. Jack, Jack yeah. Elkin, as we talked about before, Mark, for about six months of the season, he was awful. 
absolutely yeah. awful. He turned it round, fair play, and, you know, I love I love the Jack Nagel, yeah, yeah. and he got played this season because he turned it round, but Evan had to turn it round. Yeah. Coleman and Baines, by their own standards, probably disappointed for long Let's go for me, you know, I love the uh, let's go for me. 
whatever. Uh, this time was enabled that you see, that's what I'll say. It's nothing spectacular. A few horror moments, solemn and wait, you know, sitting each United uh, a few years back, I remember. But this time, you know, pretty much G we've had a lot worse plays than this time. He was, he was a good serve, but I know that's no comparison, but you know, yeah, he deserved to send off two of the not appearances, you know. I think at the time when we had a good side. I think he does definitely deserved a one final uh, yeah. appearance rather than being ushered out the back door with, with no recognition and yeah. I do think he was a good player Mark to be honest I think he was a really athletic player he wasn't leaving the ball on his feet but yeah. he wouldn't play in the Premier League for that long if he were awful put it that way no. Fair play to him, and I, I wish him good luck. So I'm yeah. just, and I think, yeah, obviously he had that our hearts in our mouths during his five or six years in the club. But what what centre half didn't? That's what I'm going to say. So won't dwell on it much, but all credit to you, just and uh, good luck in the rest of your career. Yeah. You have one. Samuel Leto, Samuel Leto doesn't give a fuck what I'm saying anyway. He's, he's, <laughs> He's laughing his head off at Sam Tory with a big smile on his face. It's almost like the, uh, the smiling assassin to Samuel Leto from what you're in here, isn't it? Absolutely. I can imagine in some of the young players in that mixed cult as well. You know, the, the, the first fellow's not good for you, and of course they're going to listen to Cribs. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, some other pointers from the season. Injuries, yeah. Mark. Tommy Hibbert. Does he no. still exist? Uh, not for me, he doesn't. But he certainly found me still. No, I think under 10 appearances all season, Tommy Hibbert. You know, Great saving for the club, let's get it right, but you know, he's a player that we shouldn't be looking at. He shouldn't that, even be a feature anymore for Everton. That's it then, okay, no more. No more. Brian Oviedo? Yeah, still dining out on the United game, but far too injured, made a glass now, so uh, we've missed, not really missed him for me, Garbutt was a better option on left back than Oviedo, but you know, I liked Oviedo when he signed, but he's just, uh, he's just uh, become injury prone as a league. Darren Gibson? You know, how good was Gibson when he was playing for us? You know, you would he, would how he good stay, though? Would he stay? Ball, I don't think he will, no. no. I think, uh, I think I can see Gibson retiring or maybe down the league. I think it's a real, a real shame about Darren it's, Gibson. He's a really talented player, isn't he? You know, what is that? Hibberton Oviedo, I'm not too concerned about, but Darren Gibson, I completely agree. I yeah. Um, quite sad to be honest when you think about his career he's still you know he's still relatively young in terms of football it's like the same sort of disappointment we had with Joe Parkinson a little bit isn't it you know when his career was ended so so quickly Gibson really you know really surprising uh, uh, amount of ability on the ball didn't he you know, was, you know I think he proved that this season yeah. he got in got in and he drove drove the midfield on to be honest you know I agree yeah. you can see how he's <laughs> different midfield on this one, obviously something different, but um, a couple of other points, Mark, yeah. Adelaide. Oh yeah, it was a real shining light for the Adelaide of the season, and, you know, disappointment. Lennon's attitude, I thought, in a team that was, seemed at war with itself, I thought Lennon's attitude was first class. I thought he came in, he wanted to do well, he wanted to make an impression, and he showed in his performances, didn't he, you know, his energy, and not only defending, but, you know, the amount of attacks that, you know, certainly the castle at home, he was always looking to get on the ball and hurt teams, wasn't he, you know, that penalty when you, you know, uh, again, was Newcastle. against Newcastle, but he was fantastic that day, you know, yeah, Lennon, I, I really hope to see Lennon back, but suddenly I think he wants to come back, doesn't he? Well, there's talk, talk that he wants, you know, he, he wants to do everything he can to get back here, but, yeah. you know, obviously it's Premier League football and agents and transfer fees. And Everton. So, I think, especially with signing cleverly lately, they could get Lennon in, they're two smart moves then. Oh, and early goal 
we get them in in like yeah. we get Lennon tied up in July when the transfer window's up. I'd, I'd feel really more pleased about them too. Young, I know Lennon's not as young as Cleverly, but still no. relatively young English hungry players with points to prove, and that's what I want to see. I want to see players who completely agree. They're not just coming here because they're all, you know. It hasn't worked out here or whatever. They want to establish themselves. Exactly. And that's what I saw the side of say about Cleverly today, which we'll come to in a minute, Tom Cleverly. But, um, yeah. Other points from this season, the penalty debacle. Absolutely farcical. We talked about it a little bit earlier, Mark, but Morales um, missing, Barkley missing. What was, that? what was wrong with just leaving Leighton Baines on the penalties? You know, that miss against United, was it really that criminal? 14, 14 straight penalties that went in the back of the net. He misses one, and then all of a sudden there's an absolute oh, mess over who takes penalties. I don't know what's happened there, to be honest, whether Baines has lost his confidence. I doubt it, because he took one of the penalty sheets out, you know, scored against the, I think it was West Ham, wasn't it? He scored. But the thing um, is, with Roberto was bullshit after it. And I was on wash again. No, it's like, what are you trying to say? It. Yeah. say it. It's fine when it's not. There was clearly something wrong there, wasn't there, with Morales? It was, it was uh, mutiny, to be honest with you. When well, you hear about me, Smith trying to grab the chokehold in the tunnel after it, you think, well, you'd expect nothing else from your teammates, though. No, you've done that for an yeah. 11 aside football team. You'd expect nothing else, you know. But it ultimately cost us three points in that game, didn't it? You know, ridiculous. Sacrifice the top bar finish for that, man. So obviously, this season, a bit of a write-off mark. Yeah. Um, we've gone through an awful lot of stuff there in the last hour and a half. Yeah. Um, what would you change ahead of next season in terms of on the field matters? I'm glad you said that because I could, could do a whole podcast and watch it happen. I don't know, you could, and then, you know, I've got to get over it eventually. <laughs> no, on the field, I just think we need a lot of, we need a lot more energy into the team, we need a lot more pace. Um, I think. Aaron Lennon. Aaron Lennon. Delafoe's rumoured to be, to be close to coming back. That, I'd be absolutely made up if that happens, to be honest. But I think for all Delafoe's faults, we've missed him this season badly. Um, we just need a lot more, to be honest, more brave signings. We need more pace in the team. We need more youthful exuberance players. Like, like Tom Cleverley, who, who, think, you know, who, who can, can play at the highest level, but haven't quite managed to get there. And I think that you know we need players like that who want to make, make a... Sorry, whatsoever but want to prove themselves that good some part, you know. So why uh, players like that hunt can, you, can you see Delafoe happening? I don't know. If you listen to Twitter we're signing we were signing Javi last season if you listen to Twitter but it's obviously rubbish. I don't know. Delafoe certainly didn't get a look in the Sevilla Christmas onwards. Just think some players fit perfectly don't they at certain clubs and Delafoe certainly took to us. Uh, and we took to him I think it'd be great for everyone do we need him because we've got McGeezy <laughs> I'm not going to dignify that with an answer I, I, honestly um, I can't see I'd it I'd love happen. to see Delafoe come back I can't see it happen no. I hope it does uh, as a position I just can't see it happen but I'd love it yeah. I'd absolutely love it because I just love the way he embraces football and the way he has us on the end of our seats and not only him you know don't forget yeah. Gareth Barry hit the ground running when he came in on the Romelu Lukaku did that's Yeah, but I think Unai Emery is not a soft manager and he's not someone who's going to uh, suffer fools, is he? So 
I think maybe Delafoe needs to work on his delivery and his attitude maybe I don't know we certainly didn't show any attitude problems at Everton but maybe uh, he needs to get his head down and work harder if he's going to be a top player he's obviously got the talent 100% yeah it's just how much it costs but I don't know just talk about coming back on loan even for another season whether that brings his price tag down again because he'll have another less contract you know what I mean another year's less contract but We'll see. It's obviously yeah. silly season. Um, Tom Cleverley. Yeah. Again, it's underwhelming. I can't sit here and say it's a it's a great signing. I'm made up with it. I'm over, you know, over the moon. It's an it's a signing, like I said before. Tom Cleverley is going to eat. He's going to be eager to establish himself. He's just got back into the England setup last week. That's that's good for us. Uh, and I think Cleverley has certainly got the talent. It's just whether he can show it in a, in a share. I certainly hope he does. I'm not. I, I don't. I disagree totally with people slating him before he's even kicked the ball.
you know, signing cleverly is, is, is a good start. I just hope we can build on it and make some signings that say to the sense of the fans, look, we are serious. We do want to, we do want to compete. We do want to make a difference and, you know, and challenge for trophies and all that. But, you know, without getting into a core debate, which, you know, I'd love to do, you know, um, it's going to be very difficult. Well, even the ball on himself tonight, don't mind. Yeah, we are. No, but you're right, but I'm hopeful, as ever, that we can do some good business. Yeah. So am I. I mean, after that season, I'll take anything. Any little bit of hope, and I'm taking hope out of the top cover. Like three tenths first off. I must be on medication. Absolutely. Um, we asked the fans, if anyone's still listening by now. Thanks, thanks for still listening. Because um, I know I'm not. Um, <laughs> describe Roberto Martinez as two years in charge in four words. Well, Ross Grumby, unique, phenomenal, special, and talent. I think that's maybe a head to chat or something like that. I think so. And is he maybe describing Tim Howard? Um, <laughs> or everything Tim Howard, no. Nefren 92 said good, bad, and ugly. I would, I would completely agree with that. I think my favourite one is Sound Dave, 1981. Probably not that phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of times that phenomenal gets mentioned in this is just... Uh, it's phenomenal, to be honest. Everton, Canada. He yeah. seems to always be on a plane, by the way, if you're listening to that on Twitter. You all seem to always between... I'm sure he's on a drugs run between Canada and Liverpool. His air miles are something special, to be honest. Phenomenally stubborn and average, he said. Yeah, also we've got Chris Harry, full, great, then deluded bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Kev Dev9 continues that theme, he says, good, then fucking shit. <laughs> well, I did say four words, so to be fair. And if I could swear, because I don't really swear on this, I'd tone it down a little bit, Andy Martin, but absolutely brilliant, fucking shite. <laughs> Which I think is, is evident to a T under a bit of Yeah, Mark Wright says, um, not, not Mark Wright, I'm the only way is actress, by the way. <laughs> um, mixed, frustrating, predictable, and potential. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Bova says, yet another false door. Bloody hell, yeah, well, I can see that, absolutely. And uh, Waffle 1878, two years is enough. So he just wants, he's seen enough of it. Yeah, he wants a change of management here. Goodison Falls says, typical of Everton FC. Um, Sir Dave Stevens says, frustratingly inconsistent and confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a bit like a conversation with me and you, Matt. Absolutely. Ultimately um, confusing. <laughs> Jamie and Wallacey. Saying no phenomenal plan B. I, I, for me, that sums a lot of it up. Definitely. Extreme stubbornness. It hasn't helped us whatsoever from the bit. Another one there with Miff Joff, 1878, says Tim Howard isn't unique. Uh, <laughs> he might be a fucking high five and people are growing a beard, like, but... That's about it, to be honest. Yeah. Even a, even Tim Howard's wonder saving in Southampton, which got, you know, a lot of plaudits, was from him being in a phenomenally bad position to start with. You've just said phenomenal. I, I'm looking at so many phenomenals on that sheet of paper, I couldn't say anything else. <laughs> so overall, Mark, it was a disappointing season. Yeah. Very much the highs and lows of Everton in the last um, 24 months. Absolutely. It was a season I'm glad to wash my hands off. A season that sort of deflated everything, you know, we, we know there's a lot of things going on off the pitch. Just follow my Twitter if you want to see me news on it. But, um, don't. Honestly, don't. <laughs> I'm saying that. But, uh, if you want someone to talk to, do. Okay. <laughs> I will respond to everybody. But uh, no, it's, uh, no, let's be honest, Mark, it's nice to get away from it. And let's just hope that next season is it, a lot more positive and a lot more optimistic than what, what's gone on last season. Definitely. I mean, I think we're all hopeful. I think we were all hopeful this time last summer, though. 
and um, it's unfortunately fell away. Now people have bl- laid the blame on Europa League, lack of silence, the board, Roberto being stubborn. There's a concoction of, of sort of people finger pointing and blaming. I think yeah. a whole a whole mix of that is probably you could touch on all of that really. The manager has been stubborn off field. There's issues. Um, his top players haven't performed and maybe the expectations level went up and you know, maybe, up obviously. Maybe no expectation next season will help us, you know, surprise a few people again. But Roberto Manners, if he's gonna stay in charge of everything, he's certainly gotta learn his lesson from last season. A lot of lessons to be learned too. I just don't think he can afford a two or three months in the in the, the season that's coming up. I don't think we can afford another two or three months of that. Yeah. No. Another two two or three months of erratic Obviously, the season ticket sales are there, still flowing in. The fans yeah. will still be there, Mark. Absolutely, yeah. Evertonians are very demanding, and rightly so. Do you want the best for this club? Um, and at, at times last season, we certainly didn't get it. No, and you can only hope that the, you know the key players and, and sort of uh, the new signings come in and they make a difference to what we want to do next season. But there's no Europa League. There's no there's no excuse to be honest with you next season. Um, but we've got to get it right, and that, and that needs a number of things to, to, to be working uh, over the summer from the board right down to the manager. We need to be innovative, and we need to be ruthless in the transfer market for me, absolutely. Definitely, and I think with the departures of Distan and Alcaraz, with all due respect to Distan, uh, we're getting rid of some of the dead wood there. Uh, yeah. The transfer policy, I'm hoping, is bringing not just freeze and loans, it's actually looking to invest in the squad like we have in recent years with the likes of John Stones, Mo Bezic, Roma Lukaku, young, hungry players coming through. Yeah. I'm thinking cleverly is a smart addition. I'm trying to be hopeful here, Mark. I'm trying to be upbeat. I'm trying to think, yeah, we need a centre-half. We do. We yeah. need a goalie. We need a winger and a striker. I know every yeah. club in the Premier League will say them positions, but I absolutely need essentially need a centre half and a goalie. And if we could be very pussy, we could do with a striker and a winger. I agree completely. Let's just hope that we get them. Let's just hope that you know um, he's working on a few deals to improve the squad because I think for his own future that he needs that as well as much as. For our own sanity, we can't go into another season. I just like hope we're not sitting here, Mark, in October, November, saying, Oh, we're, we're waiting for PR or Osman or Medidi to come back from injury because they'll be like a new signing. <laughs> we do not want to be saying that. I've been saying that for, for far too long as it is. We, need Rob, we, we may as well stress this out for two hours now, Mark. So um, <laughs> if anyone's listened to this, Thanks so much for, for this long. Yeah. Hey, we'd just like to say thanks for everyone for listening this season. You can find us on um, SoundCloud, Everton Fan Focus, iTunes, Search Everton Fan Focus. This is obviously an association with EvertonRW.com, so you can find us on there. Yeah. Um, Mark, there was one last thing I wanted to talk to you about yeah. for the last 10 minutes. Um, is the Echo podcast that was recently released? Yeah. Um, a lot of was made of it. I went to the meeting, um, like yourself, was there. And it, you know, I was made up from our point of view that as fans that we got our point across to the echo, there was no uh, pussy footing around the issue, there was no niceties to be honest with you. It was it was civil, but that was about it. I think Adamson's told the echo straight about the absolutely scandalous coverage of everything, the apathy towards not questioning the board. They openly they openly said they went after Peter Johnson with a record for me, this board's record is ten times worse than his. They didn't. Um, I thought we got our points across, but I'm not sure what much difference it made to the overall uh, thinking of the echo and all that. And I think, you know, given their coverage after that, 
it shows that possibly they're not pertaining. I don't know why they're not pertaining. I don't know why they fancy getting in bed with the club when they'd rather, you know, they, they can see what we can see, that this club deserves a hell of a lot better than what's going on. I just hope that, you know, we've made strides in getting the meeting. I certainly don't think that it's only that's held back in that meeting. We get ourselves justice, so, you know, sorry, uh, I'll stop, I'll start no, reading no, no. in a minute. But I wanted to, I wanted to have this same It's such an emotion, it's such a, a subject for me at the moment that I think that, I don't get a fair representation, certainly in the local media. Um, just, you know, Liverpool were questioned, Liverpool's owners were questioned after they went out to Villa in the Cup. And, you know, oh my way, Liverpool's owners are, are, are developing Anfield, they've invested millions into the squad, and yet our owners have absolutely not done anything. Uh, three fair ground leaves not in pre cuts not done a thing to move us on as a football club. If you want to thank... Signing with Kaki, you might as well thank Rupert Mazer because that's where the money came from. Um, I just think, as a board, they've done nothing. And, and the echo, the echo's apathy hasn't helped the Evan fan base, and that a lot of people still think that nothing is wrong with us. I think, uh, personally, Mark, I went, I went, obviously, I wasn't invited, but I went on behalf of someone else. Yeah. Um, you were personally invited. Um, I've seen a lot of shit, to be, on, to be honest, directed towards you in recent yeah. weeks, and I think it was unjust. There's a lot of Evan fan sites that went there. A lot of people who kept their mouths shut, a lot yeah. of people who actually had were outspoken. Um, I said one or two things, but my overall opinion is of it we're, we're no better in better in any better place yeah. before after this echo meeting than we were before it, which is unfortunate. Um, obviously, yeah. we, there was dialogue with the echo about inviting people down there and the you know recording yeah. of it and what have you. They've released it and they've tried to provide balance to that. That's fair enough. They can do what they want in terms yeah. of editorial. There was no signatures. There was no agreements in place. But I just I find that it's a continuation of bullshit with the Liverpool echo. Um, we're we'll carrying on doing our own thing, as I'm sure only any other Evertonians and yeah. fan sites, fan groups, people who write, people who wear their opinions, will do. Um, at the moment, there's a lot. It's a yeah. hot topic. It's a hot topic. It is. But I just think Evertonians can't rely on the Liverpool Echo for any sort of reporting towards anything critical towards Everton. No matter how much what they said, Dave Prentice, uh, Greg O'Keefe, fair, fair enough for them to invite us down. But at the end of the day. You're never going to get that from the Liverpool Echo. No. Um, and I think maybe so, people asking questions of them is is sort of bringing it to the table a bit more and, and uh, bringing the subject up. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, we're, we're all banging our heads against a brick wall with the Liverpool Echo. And we have to, if people want to make changes at Everton and want to see changes, they have to go after the club and the national media. Yeah. Because the local media certainly don't want to report it and it's down to the likes of yourself, me, yeah. other people who want to see changes. and. You know, like, without I, then trying to end on a sour point, although the last two hours has probably been a, sour a bit depressive. No, but this is current, this is what's going on right now, man. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. you know. I mean, I, I sat in that meeting, Mark, and I think, I think <laughs> people are going to shrug their shoulders, they're going to be defensive, they're going to say, well, we've done this in the past and we've done that in the past, but at the end of the day, it's an absolute... Yeah, yeah. bullshit, well, I thought, to be honest. Well, the briefs, they haven't questioned the board, they haven't gone after them, they, they, they've held back, they've sort of... I don't know, maybe goaded Evertonians with some of the headlines over the years. We all know Osman went go-karting. Uh, there was a big article about a lad who got the wrong name put on his shirt, if you remember, uh, a few weeks ago. This is, I feel like um, there's a tsunami going on and the echo are passing it off as a, a hot summer's day. I don't think there's a, that's a rubbish analogy, I know. But, you know, I think there's there's a lot of um, concern at Everton and none of it's getting represented in the media. Absolutely none of it. Why? I don't know. Only the echo know. 
Um, obviously, give us any feedback, download on SoundCloud, iTunes, find us on EvertonHartWeek.com, <laughs> find us on Mark's Twitter feed with his fan club. <laughs> and uh, we'll draw it to a close and say good night. Thank you very much for listening. Here's to another season. Thanks for everyone who's listened this season. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.